Okay, welcome to my favorite night of the year. My favorite night at Gateway. We've been, we've been doing this from the very beginning at Gateway, and it's always been my favorite. I, and I don't know why. And, and Lauren and I were shopping today. I'll get more to that later, but that's just what I do, Christmas Eve shopping. So I got up at 8 o'clock this morning to go shopping, because that's what you know every smart person does on Christmas Eve. But anyway, Lauren and I were talking today, and, and through lots of seasons, I've been a lot of a part of many, 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 almost every one of these Christmas Eve services, and I love them. Because part of it is, it's like all this stress and all this stuff, it just stops. I mean, the weirdest thing is, everybody here, I see you guys, a lot of you, most Sundays, and there's something different about tonight. It's like everything is just shut off. I mean, there's no more shopping. There's nothing you can do. It's over. You can't do anything about it. And so it's like, okay, let's just enjoy it. And everybody seems so much more at peace, so much more loving. It is unbelievable. This is the most hug-fest church on Christmas Eve I've ever seen in my life. It is awesome. People just coming up and, and, and telling you Merry Christmas and hugging you and, and just telling you that you, they love you. It's a big deal. And I've been, I've been in a part of this as a single person for a lot of years. And then as a married person with, a, with one kid. And then a married person with two kids. And now a married person with eight kids. And let me tell you, some things never change. I shop every Christmas Eve just like today. And the only thing that changes is eight kids makes this even more stressful on Christmas Eve. Because you're out shopping for eight kids. So, but the beauty of all of that is tonight, tonight is just a time where we just get to come and just be, and just be in the presence. And why we do this, why we do Christmas Eve is we come to frame the rest of this week, the rest of tonight and tomorrow, reframe it. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in all the things we got to do and we got to get done for tonight, the food. And I know, believe me, my kids have like for for the last two days. Now, what time are we going to grandma's? What time's church over? Just relax. Just, it's, it's going to, it's going to be fine. I know everybody's got somewhere to go. Everybody's got something to do. It's going to be fine. Just relax and enjoy this moment. Because the thing is like, much like you, tonight, I'm going to my parents' house tonight. My whole family is, there's like 30 of us, okay? And all of this shopping and all these gifts that are going to be all over the floor, they're going to be like gone in like five minutes. It is the most insane thing. I don't know if it's like that at your house, but we've tried it every which way. We've got all these kids and we're like trying all, the, there's 21 grandkids. I mean, come on. And so we've tried to go one at a time on all the gifts. It is torture, I mean, going around the room for 21 and then coming back around because they a lot of times have more than one. So you just keep coming around. And then we've done it where it's just a free-for-all. And, and then there's just my dad grabbing trash bags and throwing trash bags because it's like this paper wad, this massive paper wad everywhere. And, but it's over so fast. Like you go painstakingly thinking about what you're going to buy because like, like much like you... As a parent, part of the excitement is I want to buy my kids something they're going to love. I want my kids, I want, to, I want to see their face when they open that gift that they wanted. I want to see their face when they're surprised. I'm a sap 
I love to surprise. I love to surprise my kids. And I love to give gifts because I'm a sap. That's just the way it is. But that's the thing is that I'm a father that loves to give good gifts. I love to shower people with gifts. And I got that from God. Because at the end of the day, the Bible says he's a loving father that loves to give us good gifts. And today, tomorrow represents the greatest gift he could have given you, which was his son. And I know I've got, I've got an 18 month old son and I can tell you that that could make me emotional to think about giving my son as a gift. That's no small thing is the greatest. There is not one single worldly possession that I have or own or am in control of that is anywhere near as valuable as any one of my kids. He gave us his son, the most valuable thing. And so how we see that son, how we see that gift is how God sees us. How we receive that gift has a big part in the rest of your eternity. So today we're, tonight, it's gonna, this is going to be short, but it's about reframing this whole thing because so much of it, we get so busy that we miss it. And tonight we want to reframe everything so that we understand it. And Amy, Amy sat there and read that story out of Matthew, and that's exactly the story that I'm talking about tonight is that story out of Matthew. And part of the thing is, we've all heard that story over and over and over again. And it's like it's a kid's story. I don't know about you. I've heard that story so many times and you just get numb to it. It's like autopilot. It's just part of Christmas. It's like all these Christmas hymns that we sing. You know, you don't even pay attention to the words. You just get numb to them. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 2. We're going to read through that story again and we're going to go at it from an adult perspective real quick. Okay? Because the, the thing is, God has something to say to us in this. God has something to say. This Christmas symbolizes one thing. It's this beautiful picture of how God came close. You know, God isn't some faraway God that you pray to, that's some imaginary figure. He came close. And that is why we have this big celebration called Christmas. Matthew 2, starting in verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, which, by the way, as a person who likes to think through things, I love the fact that God isn't afraid to put himself in history. King Herod is something, I don't care if you believe in God or not, everybody knows in the history books that King Herod is real. And God's not afraid of putting himself right smack dab in there, that Jesus is also real. And he's not afraid about saying, saying, this is when he was there. Plants himself right in the middle of the history books. So, time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah was to be born? In Bethlehem and in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. The prophet had written. What that means is that in Old Testament, they had said this was going to happen. And so it was with great anticipation 
that people pointed to. This is going to happen. Then in verse 7 it says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search and carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them and until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream to go, not go back to Herod, they returned to their country. Now, I know we've heard that story a hundred times. And as I was reading it in preparation, one of the things that st- stood out to me this time is they bowed down. They bowed down and worshipped him. Now, think about this for a minute. These, this is not a kid's story. These are middle-aged men that traveled all the way across country by camel to go see a baby. Why did they do that? They traveled all the way across the country on a camel to come and see a baby. Middle-aged men. Not just middle-aged men. These are some of the most successful people. They are well, well-to-do people because they, they were thought to have been able to interpret things that no one else could understand. So they were revered. They had prominence and position. And they traveled all the way across country to come see this baby. And when they see this baby, they bowed down to worship the baby. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems strange to me. I mean, put yourself in that position. Would you have traveled? I mean, I I ask myself these questions. Why? Why would they have traveled all the way across country? And why would they bow down in front of a baby? I mean, think about it. As Americans, we don't bow. Bowing is not something that... That is a foreign concept. We don't really bow. These men bowed. Why? Why would they bow? And would I have done the same thing? Would I have believed or would I have seen that, that star? And would I have traveled that great distance to go and, and see this baby and bow down? Would I have done the same thing? See, there's something about bowing. It's this weird thing. We don't, we're, we're, it's foreign to us, but there's something about bowing. It's a big deal. In Philippians 2, it says, God says, that at some point, in the end, every knee, every one of us in this room, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every one. And it says, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Every knee will bow. So what is it about bowing? And why would these middle-aged men go do that? The reality is bowing is this. When you bow down to someone, it says that you're acknowledging that they are greater than you. 
that you're acknowledging they have power and authority over you. You're acknowledging that your life is in their hands. And these middle-aged men went and bowed down in front of a baby, and it says they worshipped him. So see, in God's view, bowing down is a big deal. Acknowledging that he is Lord is a big deal. Bowing down to that baby, that best gift ever, that most valuable thing that he could give, was an amazing act. And see, for us, in this time and in this season, the reality is, have you bowed down? Have you acknowledged that he's Lord? Have you, have you just like dropped to your knees like the kids did and said, you know what? My life's in your hands. You know, back in, in olden times, when that truly was, there was a king and the king could decide to just be done with you. People would throw themselves at, people, at the feet just begging for mercy. And, and the reality is that's a, it's a very similar thing in the, in the sense that we bow down to the Lord. We bow down to Jesus because he, we're acknowledging he is in charge. And if we do that, it changes our position with him. It's a recognition. These men that did this, they also brought gifts, frankincense, gold, and myrrh, the most valuable things they could give. That's what they brought. That was their offering. So for us in this, in this time and place and in this season and, and everything that, that's going on, the biggest question is, have you recognized that he is Lord? Have you recognized that he holds everything? That he is in control of everything? Have you recognized this amazing gift? Because that is what this season is all about. That's what it's all about. Is this amazing gift that God sent. God came close. He told us that he was going to do this. And because of that, our response, when we see God, when he makes himself irresistible, our response has to be an acknowledgement of, God, you're in charge. And when we do that, that changes the way we live. And when we recognize that our Father is a God that gives great gifts and longs to give great gifts, it changes the way we see things. And so this Christmas season, that is what we're after. You know, there's a, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's an Old Testament story. And these men that, that were told to bow down to this, this image. And they refused to bow down. And they were going to be thrown in the fire because of it. Because they weren't going to bow down to anything but God. And the thing for us is that That story is powerful because they were rescued from the flames. 
But the thing for us is that we all bow down sometimes to the wrong things. So in this season, in this time, have you bowed down to who Jesus Christ is? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Has that changed the way you see Christmas? He's the ultimate gift of the highest value. And he deserves the best offering we can provide. And like Amy said, the best thing we can provide is our heart. Have you done that? It's the most valuable thing you have to offer. So this weekend, as you go, just put God first. Like Amy said to the kids, as you're sitting there watching these kids and your family open these gifts that you worked and toiled to to find, just know that God is smiling because he's the ultimate father who loves to give good gifts. He's smiling. Just recognize that it was from him. Let him be the focal point. So as you, as you go with families, just let, pray and, and let, your, let your kids know that. That ultimately, you know what? Here's the deal. Yeah, your mom and I went out and bought all these gifts, but ultimately, it was God. God gave us all of this. Give him what he deserves. Let's pray. God, thank you that you... Uh, that you came close and that you love us so much and you overlook our, our busyness and our distraction and, and all of that and that you're a, pers- you're a God who just wants us to recognize that you are the one that brought it all, that you're the one that gave us all these good gifts, that you're the one that made this all possible. God, I pray that that your Holy Spirit would overwhelm our interactions with one another. It would change the way we see things, just knowing that you are the one that provided it all. God, help us to give you all the glory, help us to give you all the praise that you and only you deserve. God, help us to, to lift you high and help us to bow down before you and acknowledge that you're king. God, we love you, and we thank you. And pray in your name. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great week. See you later.